greatly to be praised. Amen. Glory be to God. Yes, we thank you, God. We bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. Oh, we bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. Oh, we bring the sacrifice of praise. Unto the house of the Lord, we bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord, and we offer to you the sacrifices of thanks. Giving and we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. Amen. Glory be to God. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Saturday morning. Amen. May May the 20th. This month is getting away from us. Amen. The year of 2023. Amen. This is the Morning Star Broadcast, and I am Ambassador Susan Bazell. It's a great and beautiful morning here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I hope it's a great weather where you are. Amen. But we're going to enjoy whatever weather we have. Like the like the, the radio host says, this is the only weather we're going to have today. And we bless and we praise God today. Amen. I greet you in Jesus' joy. Amen. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Glory. Ah, glory be to God. I thank and I praise God today. I give God all the glory and all the honor today. Without him, I would surely be nothing. I would be lost. Amen. Glory be to God. I would be like a ship without a sail. And I thank and I praise God because if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? 
Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. And I give God praise and glory today. I bless him and I worship him. Amen. Glory be to God. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. My soul say yes. Yes. Yes, my Lord. My soul say yes. 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 Come on. My soul say yes. Yes. Yes, my Lord. My soul say yes. Yes. Yes, my Lord. In the morning is yes. Yes. Yes, my Lord. In the morning is yes. Yes. Yes, my Lord. In the morning is yes. Come on. Yes. Yes, my Lord. In the morning is yes. Yes. Yes, my Lord. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Truly, it's a blessed day. Amen. And I want to get right on into this word. Amen. I know it's Saturday. I'm hoping you enjoying your Saturday. Amen. But I wanted to come on and share this word with the Lord this week. Amen. And I just want to give God the praise and the glory. We'll be coming out of the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Amen. Glory be to God. We're going to be talking about rest. The rest of the Lord. Amen. Glory be to God in choosing. Amen. This day whom we going to serve. And every day is a daily choice. And every decision that we make should be. Amen. One to glorify God. Amen. Glory be to God for only what you do for Christ will last. Amen. And we want to enter into that rest of God. Amen. And once we entered into it, we don't want to come out of it. Amen. For he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Glory be to God. For in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy and at his right hand pleasures evermore. Amen. And we just thank and we praise God. Let us pray. Father, I thank and I praise you today. I come to you, God, and I just want to thank you, Lord God. I thank you for how you kept me last night. I thank you how you're keeping me right now. I thank you for the use and activities body for one more day. I thank you that you allow me to be able to come on and give a word to your people, Father God. Me, myself being first partaker. I thank you how you just give me another day, another chance, another opportunity. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, your love towards me. And I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Father, I ask you to speak through me today to your people, Lord God. And I thank you and I praise you, Father God, however you want to use me. If you want to use me prophetically or if you want to use me to evangelize this morning 
or Father God to pastor this morning. What, however you want to use me to teach, I'm willing and I'm available and I'm yielding myself to you today in the name of Jesus, that you might get the glory. And I thank you and I praise you, God, that we would have listening ears, Father, in the name of Jesus. This is my prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, my soul say yes. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. And we're going to be talking, coming out of Hebrews 4. This is going to be my first um, scripture. Okay. Let us therefore fear. And for the most part, I'll be reading out the King James Version. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his work. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Therefore remaineth a rest to the people of God. Amen. How many want to know how to get in the rest? And if you're in the rest, to stay in the rest. Amen. Glory be to God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also have ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest 
which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Very beautiful passage of scripture. Amen. It's talking about rest. We know that in the beginning, that when God was creating, amen, we know on the seventh day, he rested. Amen. And the Sabbath is a day of rest. Glory be to God. Rest, freedom from activity or labor, relaxation, leisure, ease. And I like this one. To relax into something and let it support you. To relax into something. And let it support you. Because this is the type of rest. Now this definition was talking about like to, to rest on the bed. You lay on the bed and rest. It said to relax into something and let it support you. We are to relax in, to relax and to release into and rest in God. And let God support us. Amen. We are not lifting ourselves up by our own strength. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Talking about resting in the Lord and letting him support us. Not by our own labors, but by the spirit of God. Amen. Glory be to God. In verse 1, it was saying, Let us therefore fear. Now, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But this is not the type of fear that he's talking about. Proverbs 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom, and instruction. Okay. This fear is the reveration, the, the, the fear of reverence of the almighty, the sovereign God. Okay. Jesus told them, don't fear man, but fear God who is able to destroy the body and afterwards cast the soul into hell. This is talking about a reverential fear of God, our creator. Amen. And to understand that he is a righteous judge, a sovereign ruler and king. And amen. Glory be to God. And we are to live by his standards. Amen. Not our standards, not the pastor's standards, not our mother's or father's standards, but by his standards. Amen. And by his word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now listen what it said. He's talking about, when we go back up to Hebrews 3, 
He's telling them that Jesus is greater than Moses because Jesus created Moses. Amen. And the law that Moses gave, that this came from God. Amen. Because Jesus told us, I am the word that was made flesh and dwelled among you. Amen. And so he's telling us Jesus is our high priest. Amen. He's our apostle, the bishop of our soul. Amen. He's our keeper, our leader, our guide. Amen. Glory be to God. Now, they did not enter into the rest, even when God bought them out of Egypt. Amen. And they saw the miraculous power of God. They saw the judgments on God, turned around and did the same things that the Egyptians were doing. Amen. Glory be to God. And we have to understand that all houses are built by somebody, but he that built all the houses is God. Okay. They, now listen what it said. They hardened their hearts. Okay. And they tempted God. And, and they saw his works. And he was grieved with these people for 40 years because of unbelief. They did not believe. After they had seen all the miracles and all the wonders that God did, they still did not believe. Okay. And it said, because of their unbelief, that they could not enter into the rest of God. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Through in unbelief. Glory be to God. Okay. Now we have been given, we are being given an invitation to enter into the rest of God. Amen. By faith, we have to mix faith. Glory be to God. We have to mix mix faith. Verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. See, because they had the gospel preached to them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why not? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You know how like you use a blender? Amen. And it mixes it all up together. That's what happened. The gospel must be mixed with faith for it to work. Amen. You can't just hear the gospel and have no faith. Amen. And you can't just have faith, but your faith ain't in the gospel. Glory be to God. Now listen what it said. For the word of God is quick, is powerful, and sharper. Than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. Have you noticed that when you hear the gospel preached under the anointing and power of God, it does something. It goes in and it gets the work done. The gospel gets the work done. It begins to cut off. It begins to expose. It begins to peel back the layers of deceit. Amen. It begins to, to uh, tear down strongholds and strongholds in the mind. Amen. It begins to go in and purge the soul and, and clean the heart. Amen. Glory be to God. 
gets all to the joints. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. And, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, in whose sight? In God's sight. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the whole earth. Amen. Beholding the good and the evil. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's turn to Jeremiah. Um, we're going to start in verse 16. Amen. And, um, excuse me, chapter 16 of Jeremiah. And God is telling Jeremiah, don't you marry anybody. I don't, I don't want you to marry anybody right now. And have any children. Because I'm finna destroy this place. Okay. Don't go into the house of mourning with them. Or do anything. Okay. He says both the great and the small. Verse 6. Shall die in this land. They shall not be buried. Neither shall men lament for them. Nor cut themselves. Nor make themselves bald for them. Neither shall men tear themselves for them in mourning. To comfort them for, for the dead, neither shall men give them the cup of consolation to drink for their father or for their mother. But thou shalt also go into the house of feasting. Thy shall not also go into the house of feasting to sit with them to eat and drink. For thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will cause to cease out of this place in your eyes and in your days the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt show this people all these words, and they shall say unto thee, Wherefore hath the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then shall I say unto them, Because your fathers have forsaken me, said the Lord, and have walked after other gods, and have served them, and have worshipped them, and have forsaken me, and have not kept my law. And ye have done worse than your fathers. For behold, ye walk every one after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. Therefore will I cast you out of this land into a land that ye know not, neither ye nor your fathers, and there shall ye serve other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. Okay. Now listen, and, it, and then he's telling them at the same time. But I'm going to come back and bring them up. I'm going to deliver them in time. There is a set time for deliverance. Amen. Listen at verse um, Jeremiah 16 and 17. For my eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face. Neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. 
it's interesting to think that sometimes the secret sins, um, and we think that when we are dealing with these things that um, God don't know. But we, there is nothing that we can do or think or imagine that God is not aware of. Amen. Glory be to God. The Bible lets this, I just read to you in Hebrews that they didn't enter in because of unbelief. Okay? And even here, we're seeing where they're going to be destroyed because they're walking after the evil imaginations of their heart. You, we always hear your mind play tricks on you, but your heart plays tricks on you. Amen. Because the heart, as we're going to get on down into Jeremiah 17, is letting us know that It says, listen to the wisdom of God. 17 and starting at verse 5. Thus said the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusted in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. The man that trusts in man, his heart has departed from the Lord. Amen. They could not enter into rest in the book of Hebrews, we were looking at chapter 3 and 4 because of their unbelief. Because their heart had departed from the Lord. Amen. You start off in faith. But Paul said, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you would not believe the truth? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. And secret sin. Amen. Glory be to God. Because in they said to Jesus, well, your disciples don't wash their hands. And Jesus said, it's not what comes into a man that defiles the man, but it's what comes out of the man. Because the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. The things that are in the heart. Amen. Glory be to God. Remember he told, he told um, Judas, why has Satan tricked you and deceived you in your heart and caused you, amen, to want to betray me? Amen. Glory be to God. Now listen at, um, let's read some more of Jeremiah 17. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh. He can't see when good cometh because his heart is not with the Lord. His heart is not right. So even when the goodness of the Lord, the long suffering of God is showing the goodness of the Lord that because it is his will, my God from Zion, that none would perish, but all would come to repentance and have everlasting life. But the wicked heart can't see that. My God. So when good come, he can't see it. The man with the wicked heart, distrusting in other men, distrusting in his own strength, he can't see when God has blessed him. 
He can't see or understand. Amen. The, the things of God and what it means to really be blessed. So he can't see when good coming. Just like we was talking about the children of Israel. All that God did for them, they couldn't see it. They said these golden, make us these calves, Aaron. So that they can, these are our gods that delivered us out of Egypt. See how confused that was? If these golden calves couldn't keep the, the, the Egyptians, why would you now say they are the very gods that brought you out of Egypt and destroyed Pharaoh and his army? Because one thing that Jesus let us understand is Satan won't cast Satan out because he knows his kingdom would be divided. Amen. Glory be to God. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and a salt land and not inhabit it. But listen to this. The complete opposite. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of waters that spread it out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. We must stay connected and abide, amen, in the true vine, amen, which is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the vine and my father is the husbandman. In order to bear fruit, you must abide in me. Amen. And his father pruneth the vine that it may bring forth more fruit. Amen. Is there any gardeners? You prune your rose bush so that when it blooms it comes back, it's fuller. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory be to God. Yes, Lord. Now listen to right after that. Verse 9. Um, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it I the Lord search the heart I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing God is the one that know the heart you remember and you remember when when God told um, the prophet Samuel to go to Jesse's house because he had a king there? And Jesse began to present his sons before Samuel and the oldest one. And Samuel said, surely this has got to be him. And God told him, you you men, you, you look at the outward appearance, you see. But I'm God. I look at the heart of a man. Amen. Glory be to God. That's why he said when a man Jesus was saying come in, you look at what he got on and then you try to sit him according to what he got on. But I looking at the heart. Amen. Glory be to God of a man. Okay. 
Um, I did a little research. I did a little research. In Hebrews 13, let's go back to Hebrews 3 and 13. Okay. And listen what he said. Listen what he said. Verse, let me start at verse 10. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. All right. Now, we're going to work with that verse right there. Okay. Least any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Okay. Deceitfulness of sin. Having deceitful is having a tendency or disposition to deceive or give false impressions, not honest, deceptive, misleading on purpose, deceitful advertising. Have you ever seen advertising something and then you get to the store and it's not what they said? Okay. A scam. Intentionally misleading someone. A pattern of behavior. Not just a one-time event. To hide or mask one's deceitful, deceive, de, um, deceit, deceitfulness, deceptiveness. There I go. Amen. Anger, manipulation, or controlling nature be, behind a kind of facade. Beguiling one another. You remember Satan beguiled Eve and she did eat the fruit? It's double dealing. It's, it's false in appearance, lying and distorting the truth. Now, this is talking about the deceitfulness of sin. So, sin is deceitful because when you get into sin, it's deceitful. It looks pleasing and appetizing. But behind it all is death. She hides with personifying sin to be deceitful. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So sin hides the fact that 
it has a pay. And it is death. Those that sin will die. The penalty of sin is death. When, when Eve was in the garden, and the, 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 the serpent, Satan was using the serpent to beguile her, to trick her, to be deceptive. Because if he had just came as Satan, she said, oh, you're Satan? I, I'm not going to do this. But he masked his appearance. And many times today, when the enemy shows up, he masks his appearance or her appearance or their appearance. They use flattery and trickery. They, they, they don't come full force and say, I'm going to do this. I'm coming to steal, kill, and destroy you. Okay? Because the Bible said the thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and to destroy. And Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and that more abundantly. Okay? It comes unrecognizable to think, oh, well, just do it this time. And you don't have to do it anymore. Okay? Glory be to God. Amen? And many times, um, now, when we see this, that sin, the deceitfulness of sin, because it can lead people thinking it's not as bad as it looks. Okay? It's deceitful. Oh, it's just a white lie. Oh, I just told that. It'll be all right tomorrow. I can just pray it away. Okay? Now, when we go back to um, Jeremiah talking about the heart, Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. Okay, this, the deceitfulness of sin. All the, all I, it all begins in the heart. Okay, a deceitful heart. And desperately wicked. The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is playing tricks on you. It's deceitful. Oh, I'm all right, I'm still saved. With a deceitful heart. Oh, it don't matter. Everybody cuss. Oh, it don't matter. Everybody living together. Everybody's doing this. But yo, I'm I'm doing better than she's doing. Yo, your motive, amen. I, and 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 uh, the motives, the attitudes, and all of these things, because the heart is desperately wicked. Remember. What I just read to you out of Jeremiah um, out of Jeremiah 16. They, every man was walking at the wicked imagination of his heart. Okay? And it's just, just desperately wicked. When you look at something that's desperate, it, when it's desperate, it's a despair that promotes reckless action or violence 
in the face or defeat or frustration. Willing to do anything. When you're talking about desperate, willing to do anything to get what it wants. Now, this is the heart. So when your heart is speaking, you know, people say, well, I'm listening to my heart. If it's wicked, my God from Zion, it's desperate. And it's going to do whatever it, it can do, things that it would normally do to get what it wants. Okay? Suffering extreme need or anxiety. I got to have it. Regardless of what it costs. You don't add up the cost. But after I get it, then um, after I get it, I'll deal with the consequences later. And a lot of times, don't even look and think about the consequences. It's willing to, to, to try anything to meet its need. Okay. Catastrophic decision making. Catastrophic decision making is done with the heart. And when something is catastrophic, Involving a sudden and large-scale alteration in one's current state or situation. A great or huge major change involving or causing sudden great damage or suffering. Extremely unfortunate or unsuccessful, disastrous, and devastating. And some of the catastrophic events, they're, they're listing as a hurricane or a tornado, an earthquake. And to think that you're, that you and I are making catastrophic decisions and how that will impact our lives, our children's lives, all of those, our family, all of the our, our finances. Our, our mental wealth, all of the things, it's just like a catastrophic decision with major repercussions. But the heart is desperately wicked. I just gotta have it. I gotta. I got to have the instant gratification. And so today, I wanted to um we don't we don't pray or see God about the situation because the heart doesn't care it wants what the heart wants well God said he's gonna give me the desires of my heart yes but he's not gonna he's not gonna work outside of his word and he's not gonna give you someone else's husband he's not gonna give you anything that goes out of the word and the word of God. That was something that was the desire of your heart or my heart that was speaking the loudest. I'm going to do it if I bust hell wide open. 
I'm going to cuss them out. I'm going to lay my religion down and I'm going to pick it up later. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to repent. Desperately wicked heart. I'm going to get what I want regardless of what it costs me. Okay? Operating out of the word of God. I'm not studying what the words say right now. I want what I want. And making catastrophic decisions. Eve, you had everything like us. Because the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So if I'm wanting, is it a want or a need? Got everything that you need, Eve. Oh, well, if you eat this fruit, that ain't what God really said. You read his word. You heard him. You know what the words say. Amen. Making catastrophic decisions. Wreaking all this destruction and havoc and upheaval behind something with a temporary gratification. Because if it. And we, we see the song. They say what God have for me. Is for me. But if we really believe that. We will stop making catastrophic decisions. For minor grat gratification. We have all that we need. E, I, I'm using E because. She didn't realize. Did she already possess what she had, what she needed? You are here in the garden. You got all of your needs is met. Now, here comes Satan, like he does with us, and try to make us think that this person has something that we don't have. I need this person to be complete. I just can't rest. Until I get this or till I get that. But God wants us to enter into his rest. Not to be making all of these impulse, catastrophic decisions wreaking havoc and destruction. And then when all of this happens, we'll say, well, God, where it don't work. Amen. Anytime we decide to move out of what we know the word of God tells us, we are making a catastrophic decision. In 2 Samuel, we are looking at a desperate heart, a wicked heart, desperately wicked, a lying, a sneaking and conniving heart. Anytime you got to hide it, you know it's not right. Just hell bent on an adamant about getting what it wants, regardless of who it has to kill, who it hurts, who it who else it destroys. King David, amen, was supposed to be out. After the year to go, but the king would go out. And he didn't go out. 
But he gets up off of his bed and he looks and he sees this woman bathing on the rooftop. And he sends messengers to get her. Amen. And they know, he knows at the very beginning that this is Uriah's wife. That is no secret. Well, he didn't know. He did know. The scripture says he did. In, in 2 Samuel 11. He knew this is who this was. He knew this is Uriah's wife. He knows this. Okay. Verse 3 says, And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? He knows. And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned to her house. Now, not only is David wrong, but Bathsheba's wrong. Just because he's the king, it doesn't mean that she can't say, Mr. King, I'm married. Uriah is my husband. We don't hear any, anything that she resisted. Because just because you're the pastor, doesn't if it's wrong, it's wrong. Just because you're the president, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Just because you're the mother or father, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Okay? This is a grown woman. Okay? And she's married. I'm married. Uriah's my wife. Because it would have shamed David. Amen. You see? Just because, well, they, well, they may do it. They may kill thee. But what did Jesus say? Fear God. The one that can destroy the body and the soul. Don't fear me. Well, she would have died a righteous woman. And I know you might say, well, that's easy for you to say this, this, this. It's, you know, the truth will always prevail. These two people, David and Bathsheba, they connived together. Amen. To deceive Uriah. He was gone to battle. Amen. And God is dealing with King David about it because he is the king. But he also deals with, with um, Bathsheba about it. Because even when we go down and keep going, he refers to her as Uriah's wife. Okay? Amen. Glory be to God. And so she could have at this time, all he knew who she was. Okay? It was mutual because it didn't say that he raped her. See, because when it's raped, we have instances in the Bible that it says that this one raped her. So we know this was consensual. Okay? But it's adultery because they both were married. Okay, so then she sends to David and says, I'm with child. Now, you, you and I might say, well, why is that important? That she sends back to him 
because now the messengers that they're sending knows what they, the other people know what's going on. But because it's David the king, they're willing to overlook it. Okay? So you lay with me, and now I'm pregnant. Okay? So now, for, for Bathsheba's point of view, because not for David's point of view, it shows you that he cares about the woman. Because look at the great lengths that he did. But now for Bathsheba, what it would have meant would have been that her husband is gone to war. So that would expose her to being adulterous. Because you would be pregnant now. And as you got bigger and bigger and bigger and had this child, your husband's gone to war. So people know how to count months. So it was important and with haste that she let King David know that she's pregnant. And I was doing some research today and it said that for the average woman that is not trying to get pregnant. And we know she just had a period because she was purifying and washing herself after that. And they tell you that's the, one of the most fertile times to get pregnant. Now, why she had not got pregnant with Uriah's child, we don't know. Um, because it said that um, when men got married the first year, they wouldn't go to war or have any other burdens. They would just stay home with their wives, okay, and enjoy that newlywed that first year. Okay, so we know they had been married longer than a year. Do he wouldn't have been gone to war? And some people are married for for a few years before there's a child. And so that just goes to show you that this here was you you thought you would get away, but you didn't get away with it. Because you wouldn't have got away with it whether she was pregnant or not because God see it all. Jesus said when a man looks at a woman to lust in her heart, he's already committed the act. And that's for us too. When we as women look at men to lust after them, we've already committed the act. We've already committed fornication or adultery, whichever one we're in. Okay? Because he's dealing with our heart. Amen? Glory be to God. Because the desperately wicked is so wicked it's going to do anything regardless of whether it's mama, daddy, brother, sister, best friend or what to get what it wants. Okay? So I, when I was doing some research it said the average woman um, that's not trying to get pregnant. So you didn't have pregnancy tests back there then. So uh, would not know that she was pregnant until about five to eight weeks or more. Because, you know, and we know with her, because if you just had your period, then, you know, it's going to be like the next month before you get another period, if she was regular. Okay? So you would have to move with haste because the clock is ticking. Because he couldn't come home and, and, and four months gone by because he would know she was pregnant. You see? And other people would know. 
So when he came home being a righteous man and then she would, you know, be pregnant and already showing. So they, people know how to count. Okay. Okay. And uh, David took great haste and he sent and, and bought him home. And he a couple of times tried to get him, you know, feasting and drunk and different things to go home to his wife. And he wouldn't do it because he was a man of honor. And he said, no, I'm not going to go home and enjoy my wife and, and the other men. He said, listen to what I want you to hear what he said. Verse 11, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 11. And Uriah said to David, okay. Verse 10, and when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down unto his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down to the house? And Uriah said unto David, The ark, the first thing that Uriah lists of why he did not go home and enjoy his wife and, and, and home and the pleasures of home, he said the ark was the first thing he named. And Israel and Judah abide in tents. And my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As thou livest and as thou so livest, I will not do this thing. The first thing he said to Ark, amen, glory be to God. The first thing that he said, I am not going to lay with my wife in my house. The Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant is out here in the field. All the servants, all my fellow warriors and, 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 and army buddies out here, I will not do this thing. And David said to Uriah, tarry here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So, so Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. So now David has to make a another catastrophic decision. We are talking about the heart. Once the, the heart being wicked and deceitful, amen, above all things, amen. And God is the one that know the heart. So now times are ticking, Bathsheba's pregnant, Amen. She's going to be stoned. Okay. He's going to be found out to be the father. And for appearance sake. Now he says, I got to do something else. Me coming and bringing him home and trying to get him to sleep with his wife and think that that was his child. Him and Bathsheba. Amen. Because she realizes I'm, this is David's child. Now, was she going to tell Bathsheba? Uh, was Bathsheba going to tell Uriah? I slept with that King David the king, and I'm pregnant by him. Chances not. 
because that, that would be admitting to adultery. And back there then, not in our days, back there then, 